finding an accountant, finding an attorney. It's your network is your best resource. Going to the local events where people gather and have conversations. Not only is that great to like help build your skills and get new marketing ideas and do all of those kinds of things, but it also is a great place to be. I really need a new accountant. Like, who do you use? And you walk around the room and you'll hear the same name four or five times. And you're like, okay, that's the person I'm going to call because they have, and people have good things to say about them. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels from brand new to burnt out who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally are what I want to share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. So if you are in that place in your business where you're like, what do I need legally? What do I not need to be spending my time and money on legally? then this is a perfect interview for you to tune into. My chat today with Tiffany is all about those things. Particularly, we dive deep into like when you might need things and why you might not need things or need things. Does that even make sense? So in other words, just covering all the legal bases and trying to save you some time and money when you don't need to be doing certain things just yet. So stay tuned for this interview. But first, a few words from the folks that support this show. So are you one of those folks that say, Ugh, I'm not blogging in my business because it takes so long and I don't know what to say and it's hard to choose photos and it's just a long process and I know I should do it, but I don't. Well, I've been there before, but one of the things that completely changed this game for me is when PickTime rolled out their blog feature early spring in February 2023. It not only allows you to create super, super beautiful blog posts, but you can do it so, so, so fast working with galleries that you've already uploaded for clients. So there isn't any doubling down on anything. And now they've added AI to this process as well. So you may have your feelings about AI, but if you're one of those people that's like, ugh, I don't know what to say, then let AI write something for you. And then you can add your own little voice and flair to it after it's done. It's a way to get things started. It's a way to help you get past that resistance of trying to get a blog post out or maybe multiple blog posts out. It's just one more feature in PickTime's bajillion amazing features that I think is fabulous. So if you're on the fence about trying PickTime, they are offering you one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So you can just try it. And if you find that you don't like any of these awesome features that I always talk about, you can cancel. If you go to pick-time.com, P-I-C-T-I-M-E.com and use the code PHOTOBIZHELP, you get that one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So that's pick-time.com, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP and try that one month free and get going on your blog because yes, it's still a relevant thing and it's something that's useful in growing your photo business. Attention photographers ready to nail those mini sessions this year. Well, look no further. 17 Hats presents the Mini Sessions 101 course and it's absolutely free. 
Get expert tips from award-winning photographers Philip and Eileen Bloom while discovering how 17 Hats handles client management and automation for a flawless event. Level up your mini sessions, enroll at minisessions101.com. And if you're new to 17 Hats, be sure to use our code PHOTOBIZHELP for 50% off your first year membership. That's PHOTOBIZHELP for 50% off your first year membership with 17 Hats. And once again, that URL is minisessions101.com. Well, thank you for being here. So you're in your RV, you said? Yes. So in 2020, in the midst of the pandemic, I moved into my RV full time because that's what you do when you're just like... Life is presenting an opportunity that you've wanted to take advantage of for a long time. And now all of a sudden the cards are aligning to do it. And so even though it's a terrible time to do it, in some ways, it's also the perfect time to do it because everybody was isolated. I was hanging out on in the Western United States. We have so much public land that's available that you can just post up on with your RV. And as long as you have your own water, as long as you have your own way to dispose of your trash and your waste, then you can stay there for two weeks and you're pretty isolated. And so I got to hang out in beautiful places and be self-isolating at the same time. So it was, I've been doing it for almost four years now and it's, it's great. Oh, that's awesome. So where actually are you right now? Yeah, so I'm in southern Utah near St. George, which if you're familiar, yeah, familiar with like Zion and all that kind of stuff, it's kind of down in that area. And so it's I've been here actually a month longer than I had anticipated, but it's a great spot. So, but it's just it does snow in St. George and we've had some freezing temperatures and, you know, it's not an ideal winter location. I'm ready to go to Arizona, which is where we're going on Monday. Oh, right on. Cool. No, it's beautiful. Every time I've driven, I've driven from Minneapolis to LA quite a few times and to Denver quite a few times. But every time I that Denver to, to LA stretch, which is about a 15 hour drive, there's this chunk where you hit Utah and sometimes the northern tip of Arizona. And it's just like being on another planet. It's so beautiful. And it's so vast. And it, it's just stunning. It just goes on forever. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And, you know, like it is just it is so different than so many. And there's so much diversity, like people think of the desert as a very specific thing. But there's just so much diversity, even in the desert, because you've got the high desert and the low desert and the, you know, all the different stuff. And yeah, it's just, it's been a great, we're in a time where as a country, we're getting more and more polarized. And one thing that I really love about the RV community is like, yes, there are polarizations, but everybody sits around the campfire and can enjoy each other and have conversations and tell stories and get to know each other. And so it's a very unique community in that way that like, we're actually having the conversations that everybody should be having and learning about each other. And it's been an experience that has taught me that there are so many more awesome people in this country than I thought there was. And so many, you know, like even someone who has vastly different political views in me, like they still are, they have a lot of times these views because they had a very different life experience than I do. And when I hear their story, I can see why they ended up the way they ended up. And so it's been a great experience. I've really enjoyed it. 
Well, and you get that opportunity to have like actual in-person community sort of built in where you're in person around a fire, whatever, with folks. And that will always humanize somebody compared to someone's random comment on social media. Right. Compared to talking to a screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So that's that's an awesome experience. Very cool. I have one RV question and then I promise we'll get to the actual photography related stuff. But how do you deal with the Internet situation? So a lot of the new RVers use Starlink. So Starlink now has a program that you can, you know, no matter where you are, you just buy like uh, the zone is like the United States and Canada. And as long as you're in that zone, then you have service no matter where you set up. Since I started before Starlink was really a thing, I use cell data. So um, I have a very robust and expensive cell plan that covers all of it. And then I actually have it's like a router um, that takes SIM cards. Um, and so it provides a Wi-Fi network inside the rig. And then since what I like to do is the not sitting in a city kind of camping, I like to be posted up out in the boondocks. I have a cell booster. Um, and so it uh, it won't take zero signal to signal, but it will take a small signal and amplify it so that it's a stable signal. Yeah, because your connection's great. And one of the things when I was very seriously researching getting an RV, I've done it so many times in my life. I have so many notes. I should just do it. But that's a different conversation. But it's always been the internet. It's like, so like 10 years ago when I was looking at it, I was like, okay, this is not good. It's funny because I hear that all the time of like, that's the thing that stopped me. And I'm like, that's the least of your worries. Like that is like not even, it's never, there's only one time. And granted, I do some research before I like go to a place to find out. There's tools and resources out there to make sure that you're going to find a place that's going to have the cell signal that you need. Or with Starlink, it's not really an issue. (laughs) But you know, there's only been one time that I've showed up a place that I thought I was going to have internet that I didn't. And it was in Wyoming and um, up on the, where the road was to go into the campsites, great signal, super blazing fast, but all the campsites were along the green river and you had to drop down off the mesa down into the, next to the river where all the designated campsites were. You started going down there, signal it was gone. Um, So what I did was just, I had to carry a golf umbrella with me. And so the dog and I would just hike up the hill behind us, um, take the golf umbrella. I'd take my iPad up there. And a couple times a day, we'd go up and I'd answer emails and I'd do things. And then I'd get my next work assignments. And then I'd hike back down the hill and work at the rig and then hike back up at the end of the day. So but that's really the only time I've ever had that problem. It's really, it's not an issue. That should be the least of your concerns of going full time. Let me tell you. I know I've read so much about it and I'd love to continue that conversation, but we're on a photography podcast, so we'll get to that, but it's still, it's relevant. I mean, a lot of photographers want to, want to do the travel thing. It's relevant. There's, I mean, I meet a ton of people who are making a living out here by taking pictures of beautiful places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a thing. Well, let's start with just, so when you reached out to me, one of the things that I thought was interesting is you really wanted to talk about as from a lawyer's perspective, a lawyer who used to be a photographer or uh, probably still are, but just, you know, doing more lawyery things now. More lawyery things now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Why you feel like some of the larger, I'd want to get it like in your exact words, but essentially like why some larger legal products or projects are like not 
useful for photography. Yeah. So, I mean, so part of this RV lifestyle has been minimalism, like figuring out simple frameworks that are strategic, but also really flexible because that's what my life is these days. And so that kind of resulted in me really streamlining my own business and starting to think about those I work with, how can we streamline their businesses as well? And most of the lists that you see out there for like, these are all the legal projects you need to do as a photographer. They're written from an attorney's perspective to get you to pay them fees. Or they're written, assuming you have a large chunk of money to spend up front. And most photographers, most creatives in general, are bootstrapping their businesses. They're, you know, starting it off as a side hustle while they still have another job. They're using savings and they have a very limited amount of money. So I think it's important to only focus on those legal projects that are actually going to help you strategically. Like we don't need to do something just to check it off a list if it has no relevance to the product or service that we deliver to our clients. Why are we doing it? And so most of the lists you see out there create busy work for you, create waste of time and resources because they're not actually helping you reach your goals. They're not actually helping you move your business forward. I love the idea of minimalism and and also just taking, I talk about it sometimes on this show, but just like just getting down to the basics of what you really need to do and sort of like building the house and then you can decorate it and paint it later, but you got to like build the house instead of getting distracted by like what kind of furniture you want to put in the house before you have a house. But But all that to say, I'm curious, like, what are some of these items that photographers might get roped into? Yeah. So the first one that people do way too quickly is an LLC. In some states, an LLC is very cheap. In other states like California, which is where I'm licensed, an LLC at minimum is $800 a year, whether you make a penny or not. In Massachusetts, it's $520 a year, whether you make a penny or not. And so an LLC is one of those that people think you need to be. And it doesn't always make sense. Like I have a client who has been a creative in business for more than a decade and an LLC still doesn't make sense for her. Like we'll make that transition when it's when it's ready and she knows what those items are that like when she does these certain things then we're going to have that conversation. But that's one thing that people jump into quickly. Another one that's the shiny thing is a trademark registration and a trademark registration. I just rolled my eyes for people that are listening. You can't see me do that. A trademark registration can be super powerful and can vastly increase the value of your business. But doing a trademark registration through places like LegalZoom is giving you an expensive piece of paper. So you really need to invest in getting it done properly. And you need to, in that process, make sure you're getting something that is worth protecting. You know, like I have a client who did a trademark on her own before she came to me and her trademark is so descriptive that it's really a waste of money. It was a waste of money for her to get. Yes, she has it, but I can never do anything to enforce that trademark. Well, before we run down the list a little more, I'd love to just like pick apart both of these just a little bit for people listening. If an LLC is not something that needs to be rushed into, I'm assuming you're suggesting that a sole proprietorship is often enough. 
A sole proprietorship is perfect. Yeah. So the four basic legal types are sole proprietorship, partnership, LLC, and corporation. And a sole proprietorship and partnership are basically the same thing. Just sole proprietorship is you're doing it alone and partnership, you're doing it with one or more partners, business friends, collaborators, and those you just automatically become. As soon as you start offering products or services, if you're doing it by yourself, you're a sole proprietorship. If you're doing it with one or more friends, you're a partnership. It's just an automatic kind of thing. You don't have to do anything to become one of those. LLCs and corporations, you have to go to your state and say, I opt to become these. You have to file paperwork. You have to do those kinds of things. And that comes with costs. Um, it comes with pros and cons. But and it's one of those things that makes sense at, for many people at some point in time. Just as a quick side note, if you're becoming a corporation because your accountant says you need to to be an S corp, which is an IRS only designation, your accountant is wrong. You could be an LLC have the less requirements from a legal standpoint while getting the tax benefits of an S-corporation. So correct your accountant, go to somebody who understands. That's a good point. I, I've, my accountant, I go through a place called Fox Tax here in Minneapolis, but the point of their organization in the beginning and sort of as they've evolved through the years, I've been with them over 10 years, is to work with people that are specifically artists, musicians, photographers. So they know the business structure inside and out and they're able to make really good decisions for me based on that. And I think that that's, you know, everybody's got a little nuance in their life. So I would just say, find an accountant that gets what you're doing because the first accountant I ever went to. Most definitely. Yeah. If you are a photographer that sells a lot of prints by yourself through your own online store, make sure you get someone who understands e-commerce and all of the nuances of sales tax. If you are a service provider, make sure you get someone who understands you primarily are selling your photography services and happen to sell books and those kinds of things, prints through a third-party site that just delivers them to you. Make sure you un have somebody who understands that those nuances. An accountant can be a very powerful team member and often should be one of your first quote-unquote hires. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. So if you're feeling like your accountant's not getting what's going on, again, my first accountant did not really understand what was happening in the photography industry. And it was so obvious. And I luckily had a friend to recommend this other this other company. And it was like night and day. So if you're feeling like any way, like you're not on the same page, just maybe check out someone else. Yeah. And just like finding an accountant, finding an attorney, it's your network is your best resource. Going to the local events where people gather and have conversations, not only is that great to like help build your skills and get new marketing ideas and do all of those kinds of things, but it also is a great place to be like, I really need a new accountant. Like, who do you use? And you walk around the room and you'll hear the same name four or five times and you're like, okay, that's the person I'm going to call because they have, and people have good things to say about them in the community. So, yeah. Sure. So a lot of what we're covering too is like this idea of like, you don't have to break the bank immediately. Your business is going to evolve and you may have need for these things. But when we talk about like LLC and trademark, what is another thing to sort of look out for that might be like super expensive and not necessary right away? 
LLC and trademark are the two big ones that people do. So I think with a lot of with photography, it kind of depends. Copyright registration can fall in that bucket depending upon the kind of photography you do. Right. If you're a wedding photography, copyright registration is a waste of your time. If you are primarily doing stock, then copyright registration should be on your short list of projects. So copyright registration can go either way based on the kind of photography that you do. No, that's helpful to hear, though, because this is mostly lifestyle photographers tuning into this. So weddings, families, that kind of stuff. And I've been told that before by another lawyer that was like, that's probably not needs doesn't need to be at the top of your list if you're doing weddings. Doesn't need to be at the top of your list. No, if there's certain stuff that you decide you want to move to stock, like, you know, if there's certain stuff you want to kind of branch into that, then that's the stuff we focus on registering. If you're going to create a book or something like that, then we're going to register the book. But just your client work not worth doing. How challenging is that process if someone were in the stock area and wanted to do that? I just just asking for the audience. Yeah, so photographers have actually a great loophole in the Copyright Registration Act that a lot of other people don't do have, and that's that you can register an entire year's worth of content on the same application. And so it's a definite DIY project. It's not something that I have a handful of clients I do it for. They know how to do it. They just don't have the time to do it. But in general, I recommend that you at least learn how to do it for your business so that if you have a project coming up, you can quickly file it on your own. It is a website that I always tell people we have to like put on 90s hip hop and remember what the internet looked like way back when, because it's a government website that has not really updated very well. I love those websites. They're so hilarious. They're just funny to use because it's just... <laughs> so, you know, I, I remind people, let's remember what the Internet looked in the late 90s, because that's when this was created and we still have to use it that way. That's so fun. So it's it's kind of a clunky system. It's a system <laughs> that uses a lot of legal jargon over really, you know, terms that are easier to understand. So, you know, having some resources that help you walk through at least the first time you do it is good because like there's one page on the screen that if you check a box, it's going to like add an $800 charge to your application and you don't need that. And so knowing like the little tricks of it is definitely worth investing in just so that you can really make sure you do it do it right. And that, that your registration is going to hold up if and when you need to enforce it. Yeah, that's great. There's a lot of stuff. And I think I'm just, I appreciate that you brought up this idea of people that are starting businesses are overwhelmed and they just have a lot going on and just recognizing like, this is not something you need to worry about right now, or maybe ever. Like I'm listening to it and I'm like, yeah, not copywriting stuff, you know? So yeah, I mean, there's a handful of things that I think everybody needs to do, like regardless. So and one of and a lot of those are like what I call legal ish projects. They're not really legal projects. So one is not a traditional business plan, but some sort of framework that you can use to guide your business decisions. Some sort of framework that's going to help you you know, when that next platform comes out or when that next expert podcast that you listen to says you need to do these things that you can go back and say, like, what are my goals? What's how is success defined for me? 
what am I using as milestones as I try to get there? That's more like the underpainting of a canvas, really broad brushstrokes that we can use to be like, is threads, like when threads came out, is that worth it for me or not? You know, like I can go back to this piece of paper and be like, okay, like, do I think it's going to tick any of these boxes? No. Okay. Then what this expert says I need to do or what this new platform, new shiny thing out there is, it's not going to help me get towards my goals. So done. And, you know, again, living the RV lifestyle, like I've totally opted out of hustle culture. And so I'm like, nope, sorry, I'm not going to add busy work to my business just because you want me to add busy work to my business. Like, you know, all I do is hang out with people on vacation and retired people. So I'm like, yeah, I really only want to work for two hours a day. That's fine. You know? Yeah. I think that's really useful though, is really having, like you said, broad brushstrokes. I talk about this obviously a lot in my coaching stuff, if you've worked with me or if you've listened to this podcast at all, but just the idea of kind of knowing where you're going, everyone has a slightly different place they're starting from, whether you want to go full-time and you're the sole breadwinner or you have other sources of income in your family and you just want to do it side hustle style and just so many different ways that people are coming at this. So having an idea of what works for you is going to be different than what works for me and what works for you. And it's important. Exactly. And like every expert is out there telling you based on what works for them. And so you need to have a framework that you can use to evaluate those suggestions, because that's really all they are. They're suggestions. They're not, people often take them as like, oh, so-and-so said I have to do this. So I have to do this. Otherwise I'm not going to be successful in business. And that's complete crap. I would have used a stronger word if I would have known if it's allowed on this podcast, but it's complete crap. Yeah. It's, yeah, totally. Well, let's, okay. So that's one. What's another thing that folks should do? So what you should do is permits and licenses. So pretty much every business needs at least a business permit from your city or your county. You're going to need something like that. If you are selling any physical products, then you might need, you're going to need a sales tax certificate. So making sure you have the right permits and licenses. If you're another one that comes up for for photographers is you've got a little ADU in the back of your property. That's your studio and people come to your home, quote unquote, to do sessions. You probably need a home occupancy permit for that. So making sure you have the right permits and licenses, one of those shortlist items. And any other shortlist items? Yeah. So another legal-ish one is financial stuff. So making sure you have a business bank account and making sure you have an EIN from the IRS, an employee or identification number. You don't have to have employees to get it. It's basically equivalent of a social security number for your business. So that having business liability insurance, especially if you've got a studio space, is very, very high on the list. There's a number of venues as a wedding photographer. I shot weddings for over 10 years. I don't do them anymore. But I mean, most venues that you would be shooting at now just require you to hold it. So yeah, I mean, and a lot of them aren't going to ask for the certificate, but it's buried in that that contract that you have a that they're making that the bride and groom or the couple that's being married are making sure that all of their vendors have the appropriate insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big one. So, and then contracts, contracts, <laughs> contracts, contracts, which is probably, you know, of these, 
probably the highest priority for photographers. And contracts get a bad rap. Contracts often are seen as something we're like lording over our clients or we're only having them to make sure we get paid or that we don't get screwed over. But I want you to flip your mindset around contracts to it's a gift you're giving your clients because you're a professional and they've seen the output that you've done previously and they want that same output. And by putting together a really simple contract, you're walking your client through of like, if we want this success at the end, this is the process we have to go through to get there. I'm not trying to like be the bad guy. What I'm trying to do is make sure both of us have what we need in order to get the successful you know, you've seen my portfolio, you love what I do, you want those photos, this is the process we have to go through. And that's really all a contract is doing. You're, you know, a contract doesn't have to be 20 pages long, doesn't have to be stuffed with legal jargon. A contract can be an email where you send your client an email after you have the initial session to say, here's the bullet points of what we talked about, hit reply and say agree if you're on the same page. That when they reply and say yes, that set of emails I can take to court and enforce as a contract. That's a contract. Yeah, they don't have to be terribly complicated. And I, I like to just think of like explaining to people how to manage expectations. So just trying to let people know like, hey, like this is what's going on. And in my own words, almost, you know, and that's it. It's like, this is what the expectations are. Yeah, no, and it's it's something that I talk about with clients that it's almost as important to include what is in your package as what's not in your package. Like to really spell out the like, you know, to make sure like the reason we're giving a contract is to make sure everybody's on the same page by literally getting everybody on the same page. And, you know, for, you know, many of our clients, we might be the first professional photographer they've hired. Like it's always been like, so somebody's friend has done a headshot for them or, you know, their company has hired the people that comes in and does the headshots for everybody or, you know, those kinds of things. You might be the first professional photographer they've ever hired and they don't know what industry standards are. You're walking into it knowing like, this is how things work and this is what I'm doing is completely standard, but your client doesn't always know that. And so the more we can share that information so that we walk away from that conversation, both having a good understanding about what will and won't be done um, and what's needed to get the beautiful photos they want at the end of it, the smoother our relationship is going to be. And that's really all a contract is there to do is to create smooth, happy working relationships so that they go tell all their friends, oh my goodness, you just got engaged. You totally need to hire that wedding photographer that we had. They were so easy to work with. They were made it really easy. I knew exactly what I needed and how to work with them. And it was great. You need to go hire them. Yeah, that's it. Just want to keep it simple. Well, I think we covered a lot of stuff, hopefully, to help people prepare and also save money and time, which is always really helpful. And I really appreciate that. Where can people find you and follow you and connect with you? Yeah. So 
my website is theartistjd.com. But what I'm going to encourage you to go do is go to nextlegalstep.com. And on there, I've got a quiz that you can take. That's It's like a video quiz. And you're going to answer some questions. And I'm going to give you the best next legal step for your photography business. And once you complete the quiz, then every single morning I spend sometimes 20 minutes, sometimes two hours doing personal replies to everybody who answered the quiz and giving you some additional information and some ideas based on what you enter into the quiz. So yeah, so that's where you should visit. And then you'll get to see my, you'll get to see my face because right now you've only heard my voice. So yeah. Beautiful. Say that URL one more time, nextlegalsteps.com. Yeah. Nextlegalstep.com. Yes. Legal step. Okay. Got it. Perfect. Thank you. It was so great to have you. So your next legal step is what you're going to do. Find out what you need to do. And that's the URL. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share all this with everybody and being on the show. And good luck on your traveling south. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, it'll be my fourth winter in Arizona. I, I kind of have. You got it. Although I will say like, this is my fourth winter there. And the like places, the list of places I want to go in Arizona, like exponentially increases every year. I only tip, cross off a couple. And then it's like, every year I go down and I'm like, oh, that sounds like somebody tells me about a place. And I'm like, oh, that sounds super cool. Let me add it to the place. But there's only so much time. So. That sounds so cool. Well, happy travels. And thank you for all of this advice. And yeah, check out that quiz. If you're listening, that sound and you're wondering about all the legal things that is for you. So yes, thank you. Have a lovely day. Thank you. So are you one of those folks that say, Ugh, I'm not blogging in my business because it takes so long. And I don't know what to say. And it's hard to choose photos. And it's just a long process. And I know I should do it, but I don't. Well, I've been there before, but one of the things that completely changed this game for me is when PickTime rolled out their blog feature early spring in February 2023. It not only allows you to create super, super beautiful blog posts, but you can do it so, so, so fast, working with galleries that you've already uploaded for clients, so there isn't any doubling down on anything. And now they've added AI to this process as well. So you may have your feelings about AI, but if you're one of those people that's like, ugh, I don't know what to say, then let AI write something for you and then you can add your own little voice and flair to it after it's done. It's a way to get things started. It's a way to help you get past that resistance of trying to get a blog post out or maybe multiple blog posts out. It's just one more feature in PickTime's bajillion amazing features that I think is fabulous. So if you're on the fence about trying PickTime, they are offering you one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So you can just try it. And if you find that you don't like any of these awesome features that I always talk about, you can cancel. If you go to pick-time.com, P-I-C-T-I-M-E.com and use the code PHOTOBIZHELP, you get that one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So that's pick-time.com, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP and try that one month free and get going on your blog because yes, it's still a relevant thing and it's something that's useful in growing your photo business. Attention photographers, ready to nail those mini sessions this year? Well, look no further. 17 Hats presents the Mini Sessions 101 course and it's absolutely free. Get expert tips from award-winning photographers, Philip and Eileen Bloom, while discovering how 17 Hats handles client management and automation for a flawless event. Level up your mini sessions, enroll at minisessions101.com. And if you're new to 17 Hats, be sure to use our code 
photobizhelp for 50% off your first year membership. That's photobizhelp for 50% off your first year membership with 17 hats. And once again, that URL is minisessions101.com.